Hi, this is Jackie. And this is Tana. And you're listening to the Finding Love in the Chaos of Life podcast. This podcast dives into stories, both yours and ours, on finding peace and non-resistance with life's challenges and chaos. Let us inspire and support each other on our journey towards inner peace as we open our stories to the perspective of love. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to Finding Love in the Chaos of Life. Today we have a very exciting topic, courage versus bravery. Often people mix the two together, but today we're going to discuss the difference between the two because there definitely is a distinct differentiating factor between the two. So Jax, I'm going to hand over to you. Tana, you know, I love this conversation. It's my favorite because we get to delve into what it means to be a spiritual revolutionary versus being a spiritual warrior. And um, I want to start by saying that at times we need to be a warrior. I think it's very important that we understand that. But when we work with courage, we can be the spiritual revolutionary. So that's why I'm always excited about this topic. Because certainly I've seen with my own life um, where I've had trauma situations um, or been faced with a near-death experience where bravery was actually critical for my survival. Mm. But as we say, the show is all about going from surviving to thriving in life. Mm. And when we access the revolutionary inside of us, we work from courage and compassion understanding, acceptance, grace, and that's when we can actually move into the state of being a spiritual revolutionary or a revolutionary in terms of how we actually respond and live in the world. Beautiful. So to touch on that, you talk about the difference between being a spiritual warrior and a spiritual revolutionary. So what would you say the difference between the two are? As I said, the key thing is when we work from being a revolutionary, it's the aspect of courage. And when we work from courage, we actually acknowledge our fear. Mm. We can sit with the fear, we can date our fear, but we don't let the the fear incapacitate us. We don't let the, we don't either suppress the fear and then you know act in a way that might be in a form of bullying or um, justifying our behaviour in terms of when we're being aggressive or when we're annoyed in a situation. With um, courage, we see the fear and we can see the other person's side of the story, Mm. which means we go to a deeper level of being and we actually open up our perspective to love and we have the courage to present love for the other person's perspective and sort of try and see the sense of where they're coming from to try and seek or with the aspect or the aim of looking for peace or harmony in a situation as opposed to pushing our story onto someone. I'm going to give you a very um, quick example of where I sometimes pitch up as a warrior versus where I pitch up as a revolutionary. And when I go to a yoga class and I have a yoga teacher taking me through a class, I tend to bring the warrior state mind forward first because I want to learn. I want to have a shared experience with other people. But where the aspect of revolutionary comes up is where I can actually watch my inner critic, whether I may be judging myself for a pose 
or comparing myself up against someone mm. or judging myself for my mood or sometimes I just want to lie in Shavasana and I want to push myself. But that's when I go to revolutionary status within being a warrior and saying, okay, well, this is where I'm at today. I'm just going to lie in child's pose or I'm going to lie in Shavasana for 10 minutes and then regroup and go back to being a warrior. So at times we need both of them. But when I actually acknowledge my um, vulnerability and I work with my vulnerability and then I honor myself physically or emotionally or mentally is when I'm going to that deeper state of acceptance. But what we tend to do often is, and we just got to look at, for example, the war that's going on in Ukraine. If we actually go to the essence of that we are born in the state of, of revolution, we, we are born to the essence of love, we would never go to war with anyone else. Mm. It's just there's no logic in it. It doesn't make sense. But No, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But if you look at the soldiers who are, are, are being led to war, they are having to put their fear aside, even if they've got fear. Um, but some of them will be denying their fear, suppressing their fear, and just following a leader, and in that justifying that what they are doing is right. Mm. Now, it's difficult because what do you do if you have to defend yourself when you yeah. are being attacked? Well, we're not going to spend too much time talking about that today. But we know that some of the greatest teachers in the world, spiritual teachers from Jesus to Gandhi, um, Buddha, all of them, when they spoke about surrendering and non-resistance, that's when the worry of, of, of self comes forward. And when I say self, that's capital S as in spirit, where we don't then fear death, as we say. Mm. Um, because death is not something to be feared. We mm. born, we die. And yet in our certainly in our Western narrative today, it's it's all marketing and advertising is, you know, often fear based mm. in terms of making us fear what's gonna happen in our old age, what's gonna happen at death, as opposed to celebrating each moment that we have. Mm. So I hope that gives a little bit of um understanding of why both of them are important. You can have both of them present at the same time, but when we are in a revolutionary state, we won't take up arms for somebody. Mm. We won't follow a leader who actually believes that we should kill for the sake of anything. Is it possible then to be a spiritual revolutionary in the sense of you, of being aware when you are in a warrior state? Would you say then you're in a state that's connected to spirit? So for example, now, Jackie and I were talking before we started recording and I feel that at the moment I'm in a bit of a warrior state but is it the revolutionary part of me that can be aware of the state that I'm in currently? Absolutely you know and sometimes when we're feeling anxious I notice sometimes with my anxiety I just press forward mm. and I'm also I can almost go into a disassociated state. So my partner, Steve, and I were talking about it the other day. Um, we've recently moved in together. And we both had a lot of fear come up as a result of failure in past relationships. <laughs> we've, we've tried, you know, living with someone and, and not getting it right. And what was so amazing for us was being aware of the fact that we were both struggling with the adjustment, but not fighting. Mm. And that's when you, and yet we kept pressing on and his was to withdraw. And for me, it was to just, as Jackie does, just get this done, unpack these boxes. And, and at times he couldn't even offer to help me, but then I just was okay with that as opposed to picking a fight and saying, mm. why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you coming to carry boxes? Was just to, to surrender and say, well, that's where he's at at this moment. Mm. And yet I'm in the stage where I was in full on warrior mode. 
I can do this. I'm going to unpack these boxes today. I'm doing 10 boxes, come what may. I actually even started celebrating the steps I was taking and the fact that I was <laughs> going to gym. But it was because I was, act, I was accessing the revolutionary inside of me that I could have compassion for he, where he was at, aware of my state, and there was no frustration that came out. Mm. I just found a joy in what I was doing, the joy out of the exercise, the joy out of the, the, the steps I was taking, the joy out of what was happening. And it just made it easier for both of us. Mm. And it was interesting because, you know, um, after the last box was unpacked, we actually spoke about it. Mm. And what was fantastic is that we were both acutely aware of where we were at, but we didn't implode on each other. We didn't bring war as a result of our individual fears and our individual frustrations. Mm. So I think that's, yes, definitely by being the revolutionary, you can sometimes access the warrior, but not then implode on somebody else or bring about destruction. So, yeah, it can be a very powerful state of being. I guess it's so having compassion for where you're at and the state of mind that you're in if you, when you're in that warrior phase. Yeah, I think often in the warrior phase, and you know, it can often be perceived as bullying, is that we'll justify our behavior. So mm. let's say, for example, we're driving down the road and a car pushes in front of us and we start, you know, let's just say cussing or saying things and mm. being angry. We're bringing all of that anger into the car. We're bringing all of that frustration into the car. The guy who probably pushed in front of us was oblivious. Let's just say he had a bad day or a fight with his wife or, you know, or it was a woman. She had a fight with her husband. Or maybe they just got bad news that, you know, someone in their family had passed away or they were panicking to get to a child who was ill at school. But we will take on a whole story when we're in that car of ours and we bring all the anger to ourselves and then we obsess mm. and we will justify. We had every right to lose our temper. Well, we actually, when we work from the revolutionary state, we can be aware of our desire to respond in frustration. Mm. We can be aware of our desire to be annoyed. And that moment, and that's what we learn in meditation, is to widen the gap between trigger and response. So what you can do in that moment is breathe, allow love, which love is space, mm. and let them in. Mm. And you don't have to, you know, go into any sort of ego state where, oh, look, I avoided an accident. Oh, look, I'm a good person. It's just love. Mm. It's just space. And you carry on with your day. You bring no frustration in and you just carry on with your day. Mm. And, the, and, and the moment is forgotten because the next moment in front of you is fine. Mm. And that is really what it means to live in the present, to live in the now, when we can widen that gap between trigger and response. And then we can access the revolutionary inside of us and just surrender. And it all happens in a hundred you know, hundredth of a second where all of these things happen. But the more you meditate, the quicker that state becomes. And the, the bottom line is, I probably get it wrong a hundred times a day. I say this all the time. But what I am pleased about is I get it right more often than not as a result of my spiritual practices, of, as a result of the Dare to Be Loved journey, as a result of going to spirit regularly and using spirit to stroke through my body, mind and soul to see where I'm at physically, to see what I'm actually thinking and to be onto the words that I'm using hmm. um, but it doesn't mean that I won't walk out of this conversation and maybe mess it up in the next hour but the beautiful part is that when I do mess it up I can see it invariably sometime later in the day hmm. and I can have compassion for myself compassion for my fractured state and then not just go into warrior status and justify or defend my position um, and I don't have to be ashamed of what I've done. I go, oh, well, that's what you did. You were feeling a bit fractured. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Because that's when your inner critic comes up. Mm. You know, and then you judge yourself. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Or why was I so horrible? And, mm. you know, and then we have a lot of guilt and shame around the things that we do. Um, it doesn't mean we shouldn't apologize. Apology is a very powerful thing. Mm. But to start with the compassion of that's where I was at in that moment. I forgive myself for wanting a different experience. And I surrender to who I am and what I did. That's our favorite saying. <laughs> forgive yourself for wanting a different experience. <laughs> but it's actually, it's interesting what you said. I think so often we aren't aware of the fact that we create our own chaos in the moment. Mm. You know, like, so there's a trigger. Someone pushes in front of you in traffic and you justified saying, I've an, I have a reason to be angry now. I have a reason mm. to be frustrated. Where if you just surrender to surrender it to love, it's actually not there. You create that own, yeah. that anger and frustration for yourself. Yeah. Putting ill illness really into yourself where it didn't need to be there. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, it's all valid and emotions are valid, but having the awareness that it doesn't need to be like that. Well, it doesn't powerful. need to define your day. And often we'll take mm. that angle frustration. I mean, I was... Um, I was running with a story last night in my head and I was obsessing a little bit and I went off to play golf and I noticed that I was carrying it onto the golf course with me mm. and um, with the ladies that I was playing with, the conversation came up and I heard them responding to the situation and I got annoyed again. And my first thing was to want to defend or want to say, well, you know, this is just about reasonableness. And I just let it go. I just sat there and I let them have their conversation. Before I knew it, the conversation was gone and then I forgot about it. Mm. Had I wanted to get involved, and it doesn't mean at times we shouldn't say have our say, mm. but it's how we go about having our say. Mm. When you're in a triggered state or you want to defend or justify a fight back, that's not a healthy state to be. Mm. So seeing that I was triggered by the situation and having the awareness that I was triggered, awareness of what my thoughts were, how my body was feeling. And so I stuffed up the first three holes because I was carrying that energy with me. And then I'm very pleased to say I was one over on four after that. <laughs> For those of you that understand what that means. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie always tries to talk golf to me and I have no idea what it means. <laughs> Sorry, I started playing golf a year ago and I'm addicted. I'm addicted. I'm addicted. <laughs> Just in that, you know, witnessing how the difference between warrior status and and, and revolutionary status, how it affects my game of golf, mm. how it actually affects everything in our life. Mm. Um, but then having compassion for myself and just letting it go, opening the space to love and then, you know, moving past that frustration and, and having an awesome time after that. Amazing. But, as I said, it doesn't mean that bravery doesn't serve a purpose at a moment in time. I think of that car accident when I was had it when I was 18 years old and my car rolled down a cliff. Sure. The interesting thing was whenever I think back on that moment, I know there was a higher power with me, carrying mm. me. And so in some ways I was what well, I would guess I was probably disassociated from my body because I had to achieve something, an end goal that my mind was saying to me, save these people. Um and it was accomplished. But at the same time, in that those hundredth of a second where things are going on, is the warrior comes out from the perspective of no harm to others. Mm. That's the key difference is mm. you can be a warrior, but as long as you're acting with the interest of no harm. Mm. And that's when I guess – for me in that moment, when I talk about a higher power, there was something else God was carrying me. Mm. There was this energy beyond me that was making sure that I was 
coming forward in a way um, to bring about a good ending mm. of no harm. Oh, completely. It reminds me of a, a mother doing anything to save their child. That well, motherly instinct yeah. that I mean, I've heard so much about and I can see it in my mom. If anyone... Yeah. If anyone tries to mess with her kids, she goes into full tigress mother mode. And I mean, hopefully she doesn't harm anyone else in the process. <laughs> but, <laughs> but her main goal, I mean, she's just like, you know, to not harm her child. Yeah. Like, and she goes, I mean, you go into warrior mode. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. There are definitely times where it's necessary, but even when we want to protect our child um, or protect a friend or a lover or something like that or a family member is to know that, and and, and we can, we can create harm to ourselves sometimes mm. in warrior mode. That, mm. That's when we're very disconnected. You know, you think you've heard of stories who uh, a mother's child is trapped under a car and she's lifted the car up yeah. and yet her body didn't feel anything. And that's when the full essence of something beyond you, that's step five of where universal wisdom is guiding you and leading you. And therefore mm. then we see people who accomplish things in the physical realm that we don't understand. Mm. You just look at like the top 100 meter sprinters in the world who bend their knee after a race, knowing that yes, they pitched up physically, they did the training, they've listened to their coaches, but they've also gone into states of um, understanding Understanding their thoughts, um, understanding the words that go with the work that they do, and it is a job for them. Mm. And then surrendering to the moment of that race and achieving incredible accomplishments with the physical body by surrendering to the power beyond mm. them. And it is always that no harm factor because they've prepared their bodies for those things. But at the same time, even a mother, as I say, who can lift a car to save her child and have no physical harm as a result of it. Because the body is actually so incredible when we are fully connected in terms of what it can achieve. And we always hear of these, you know, things that where people achieve things physically that don't make sense. Well, certainly yeah. to me in terms of, you know, if I have to look at one or two things, think how do they do that? Um, it's, it's just bigger than us. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Going back earlier on, you mentioned um, the great teachers such as Gandhi and it reminded me of Nelson Mandela's story mm. of before Nelson Mandela went to prison when he was acting out of violence, really, mm. um, protesting against apartheid and how he changed um, while he was in prison and mm. came out and was just a being of love and had love for mm all races, um, would you say that's kind of the almost the difference between a warrior and a revolutionary there? Yeah, I think beforehand, and, and I think, you know, he, he talks about, um, if you've read his book, Long Walk to Freedom, he talks about feeling the need to take on terrorist action, mm. and that's a justification. And there might have been more power in terms of what if he could have achieved shorter, um, in a shorter term, had he maybe surrendered or tried to surrender to love. But certainly what was so powerful about what he did accomplish, and this just, it always, it can literally bring me to tears because I see him as one of my greatest teachers as well, his wisdom, was when he did go to prison, how he surrendered eventually to where he was at mm. and how he used that to grow his own spiritual practice and to grow his own understanding of the human condition, his own understanding of other people's perspective, and yet still stayed so firm in terms of the outcome. Mm. But from a point of view of nonviolence, because actually look at what he achieved in surrendering. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just how he did it, I just don't know. I mean, I go on a 10-day Vipassana retreat or a a 30-day silent retreat and, um, you know, heck, that's hard. (laughs) (laughs) How he did 27 years. But certainly the teachings and the wisdom that he came out, and and it's not that he wasn't a wise man before, but the depth of his wisdom and the depth of his love that he brought into the world thereafter was just, uh, you know, phenomenal, as we all know. Yeah. Phenomenal. Sure. So, Jax, I want to ask you, how in our everyday lives can we bring awareness to whether or not we are in a warrior state or acting as a spiritual revolutionary mm-hmm. from an integrated space of spirit? Tana, I can only talk from my own experience um, and, you know, people who write and talk about this work as well in terms of the things that they've shared. What I notice about myself without a doubt, is if I get on my cushion in the morning, I can find it quicker. Mm. I can find it easier. If mm. I don't, doesn't mean I can't find it, but invariably the gap between my trigger and frustration is short. So when you go to actually practicing being with spirit every day, bringing spirit and questioning your beliefs in terms of the thoughts that are running through your mind and you can actually look at the belief that's driving the emotion or the physical reality in terms of what's going on in the body. So daily practice with spiritual connection, first thing in the morning, just changes the whole day. Mm. And without it, you know, I think for myself even on some days or early on in my journey of really wanting to become more connected was sometimes my justification for not getting on my cushion or my justification for my behavior. And that I see this with some of my friends as well. We talk about this material all the time and they've read it. They understand it. They get it. But because they haven't developed deep practices, their mm. access is not as easy. And I see it in myself. So it's not a judgment on them. It's just a pure assessment of when we practice being with spirit every day and bringing spirit into our mind, body, and soul and and, and stroking through our beliefs and seeing that we are acting on all of our beliefs with with love and, and non-resistance and compassion and non-violence, well, that's how we get it right. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I believe all meditation is good, but certainly silent meditation for me is the most powerful in terms of my experience because it's a very direct link. Um, there's nothing, there's no music, there's no mantra, there's nothing distracting you other than you and your thoughts and your ability to go and request spirit, connect with your spirit so that you can open to universal wisdom. And I think what's quite nice is that, um, you know, if some of you are interested is I did a talk uh, with Moyo Talks on why we need a spiritual revolution. And there I map out why the world is in a spiritual crisis at the moment. What has happened over the last 20,000 years? And I want to precursor this by saying this is information, that whole talk, which was you know, gifted right through me from universal wisdom, my guides. This is not something I came up with. This is universal information that we all know. And I think if you listen to that talk, you'll know that this is information that's actually with inside of you. And the more we practice our silent meditation, the more we know this is the message inside all of us. Mm. Sure. Powerful work. Mm. I really recommend uh, watching that video as well. It's on YouTube. Um called Why We Need a Spiritual Revolution. 
Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and that's part of, you know, going from the path from the one to the other is in warrior status. Most of us start off in warrior status where we start reading books of other great spiritual teachers, of people who are doing spiritual work, holistic work. Um, and then sometimes we become a little bit evangelical. Certainly mm. I was, and I see that in other people as well. And I think it's quite fantastic, but that's very much warrior state. Um, and then moving on from that, um, you know, the, 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 the steps of the path where we actually then work from our own spirit which is on the dare to be loved jersey journey sorry the dare to be loved journey a very easy four-step process to help you connect with body mind soul and spirit and you know the workshop that i have on how to meet your spirit and then the practice mm. us developing our own practice with mm. our spirit our yeah. individual spirit so we can open to universal spirit universal wisdom call mm. it what you may it's so interesting as well with meditation and your daily spiritual practices i i'm when I'm not meditating or getting on my mat, I can so feel the difference and I've felt it this week and mm. the last two or three days, I was like, everything inside of me does not want to get on my mat. It doesn't <laughs> want to get on my cushion, but I know it's the, one of the only things that it's actually going to send to my energy back again. Maybe it's the solar eclipse happening at the moment. <laughs> I can blame it on that. <laughs> there we go. Let's go for the blame, turn all the justification. You know what's something that's also been quite powerful for me in terms of my revolutionary status? On the day that I don't get on my cushion and I notice that my day is different, mm. as opposed to judging myself for not getting on my cushion, I open to compassion. Mm. And I go, okay, you didn't get on your cushion today. Just be aware of the fact that you're a little bit more fractured today. And then I find softening in that anyway. And then we can access the tools in that moment of what we do get from our, when we are on our cushion every day. You know, we're not going to have 40 years to spend on the mountain in silence to get to full enlightenment um, in all likelihood. Yeah. You know, to cut ourselves up from the world. So it's to live each day to its full and accept ourselves for the moments that we are very present and be loving and compassionate when we're not, whether in ourselves or somebody else, and is to find that space of love. Mm. Loving where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, loving the chaos in life, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so you're off to Africa Burn, Tanner's off to Africa Burn. Oh, you're to hear all about it when you come back in terms of some of the things that you learn about yourself and about our human condition and what it means to be in, in a place like that. I'm sure I'm going to come back with a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to hear when you do get back and Stay hear tuned. all about it. Stay tuned <laughs> Stay indeed. Tuned. We will be sharing. I'm sure that you're going to get a lot right and a lot wrong. And we look forward to hearing about what that does for you in terms of your growth. And it's not right and wrong. Actually, I'm excited I'm, I'm, for both. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm not excited right for wrong. both. It's you might assess it as not, not the most loving state to be. That's all. Let's see. <laughs> and then also assess those where you were in the most loving state and at one with the revolutionary in you yeah have a great time thanks people for Thank joining you. us today and we'll be chatting to you again soon yeah cheers Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Love in the Chaos of Life. If you have any questions about today's discussion or would like to come on the show to share your questions or success stories, contact us on Instagram or Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help spread the Dare to Be Love message, leave us a review or share with a friend. Take the first step towards finding inner peace by meeting your spirit. 
To find out more, visit JackieBurnett.com. See you soon. Hi, Jackie and Tana here. This podcast is intended to inspire, support, and educate you as you journey through the chaos of life towards inner peace. We do not offer any professional health or medical advice as we are not healthcare practitioners. If you are suffering from a clinical condition, mental or physical, please seek help from a certified health professional. This podcast is a Sophie Blue Press production.